Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 29, Negative Self-Talk. Hey, smart human, and welcome to this second installment of a three-part series on language, because language matter, right? And you want to use it intentionally to support your self-worth, your self-confidence, and your self-trust. Now, today, I will do a deep dive into negative internal chatter or self-talk. In the previous episode, we looked at negative questions, but these are just a small part of everything that goes on inside your head. And that inner chatter, the ability to sort of talk in your head, to introspect, is actually a very cool thing. It has lots of evolutionary advantages. Because of it, we are actually able to evaluate our past and to project into the future and prepare for it. We use our inner voice to create meaningful narratives about ourselves, to tell stories, to give meaning to our life, right? And in that way, shape our identity. But there is also a downside, and that is when our inner chatter becomes too negative. If we say too many negative, nasty things to ourselves, we can quickly end up in a downward spiral. The negative chatter creates negative emotions, which in turn causes even more negative self-talk, which is not a great dynamic, as I'm sure you understand. And if you're wondering what this negative self-talk looks like, bless you, by the way, (laughs) here are some examples from my own life. These are things I habitually said to myself before I found coaching and changed the way I speak to myself inside my head. There is never enough time. I'm so busy. I screwed up that project. That client thinks I'm mad. I'll probably be out of a job by the end of the year. I never have any luck. Nobody cares. I'm always exhausted. My life is such a mess. I'm so useless. I'll never be able to speak Japanese. I have zero discipline. I shouldn't be so scared. That's never going to work. I should have figured this out years ago. I'm so lazy. Now... Just reading these out loud makes me feel very helpless and hopeless. I mean, it's bad for my health, seriously, if only for my mental health. Um, But before I explain what you can do to counteract all this negative self-talk, and it is not forcing a smile, standing in a power stance and saying positive things, let's first dive into different types of negative self-chatter. There are generally four types of negative self-talk. Filtering, polarizing, catastrophizing, and personalizing. Now, filtering is the same as negative bias, right? You fixate on the negative and leave no or very little room in your mind for the positive. The glass is always half empty, cracked, and the water probably poisoned. And what you don't see, because that's what you focus on, 
is that behind you there's actually an entire cabinet with fresh glasses and called San Pellegrino, right? Because you're filtering and you only are able to see the bad things. Catastrophizing, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Your brain just immediately goes to the worst that could happen. Let's say you're about to go on a wonderful trip to Spain and your brain immediately thinks of all the ways you can die, get sick, get robbed into accidents, all the things. Maybe even, you know, extreme weather. (laughs) See, my brain is so good at coming up with these. It's amazing. Or maybe you post something on social media about a webinar you're going to teach and you get one snarky comment and your brain turns that into, this is never going to work, right? Nobody's going to show up to my webinar. I might as well not do it. And I I have to admit, if there were world championships in catastrophizing, I'm pretty sure I would at least finish in the top three because my brain is amazing at creating all sorts of nightmare scenarios, which I mean, there's an upside to that as well. I'm usually very well prepared, but (laughs) the amount of energy and time, yeah, it's, it's out of proportion. In my mind, there are crash planes, miss ferries, diseases I only learned about from watching House MD. There are sinkholes. I have fantasized about all of them, which really isn't the most fun thing to do with your time. Okay, the third category is personalizing. That is making everything about you, but in the worst possible way. So not like you're a narcissist. It's like, oh, everything is my fault. Everything is because of me. Everything bad that happens is obviously because I exist. Let's say your manager reassigns you to a different project and you conclude that you must have made a terrible mistake somewhere. Or a client decides not to hire you and you decide you must have made a terrible pitch. Or you texted someone and they didn't respond in the time frame you expected. Now you are 100% sure that they dislike you and maybe also that you aren't even likable. Fun, right? That's personalizing. And the final category, polarizing, it's just black and white thinking. You already know about this if you've listened to previous episodes, because I've already dedicated two to this, because it's so omnipresent in people with smart minds. Either you win or you lose, you succeed or you fail, you're reliable or completely unreliable. You're a great mom or you are an awful mother and your children should be taken away from you right? You're lovable or completely unlovable. You're amazing at music or, you know, you're unbearable to listen to. And this type of thinking leaves no room for the realities of life and it fosters other very debilitating tendencies like perfectionism. Polarizing engenders a fixed mindset, right? It stops you from evolving and growing. So we have these four flavors. Filtering, personalizing, catastrophizing, and polarizing. And I venture to say that these are even more powerful when you have a smart, creative mind, because the incredible ingeniousness and creativity with which smart brains you know, do all the negative self-talk can make it seem so real, so right, so plausible. Basically, yes, you are being a complete dick to yourself, but in such a creative, clever way that it's almost endearing. However, it has to stop for you to stand a chance to lead a relatively happy, fulfilling and joyful life. And here's how you do it. When you filter, what you want to do is grab your brain by the cerebellum and force it to look 
at the positives. When you personalize, you want to eliminate the I and change your language to neutral. When you scare yourself, you want to first create a distance and then explore different extremes. And when you polarize, you want to find the messy middle. Here are some examples of how that works. When at the end of a long day, you catch yourself thinking, I didn't send that email, I didn't return the library books, I didn't draft the presentation, I should have done at least another 10 things, please stop. And instead of thinking about all the things you didn't do, force yourself to write down at least three small wins, three things you did achieve. Give both sides equal airtime. When someone doesn't react or respond in a way you expected or something happens that feels bad or disappointing, ask, is this really about me, right? If your brain's like, oh, this is about me, it's my fault, nobody likes me, I made a bad mistake. Just open up to other possibilities. Can I 100% know that I was reassigned to another project because I failed? Or could there be something else going on there? And when you notice you start catastrophizing, you can do two things. First, I would invite you to indulge in your brain a little. Let it go to those dark places. Visit those worst case scenarios. And then ask yourself, if I do survive, will I be able to deal with all this in some way? And that may sound a bit cruel, especially if you're thinking you or a loved one could die. But usually the answer is something like, yes, it will be heartbreakingly awful and hard, but I can deal which takes a lot of oomph out of the catastrophizing. And the fun flip side of this is to do the opposite. Fantasize about the best case scenarios. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> you spend so much time thinking about playing crashes, right? Just think about having the most amazing flight, getting an upgrade to first class, you know, staying in the perfect place, having the best possible weather, all the things. First Force, sorry, force yourself to come up with the best case, completely over-the-top dream scenario for each nightmare scenario you're envisioning. This really works wonders because A, it's a lot of fun, and B, it opens up your brain to the amazing things that you don't even realize are possible because you're so focused on possible disasters. And C, it also reminds you that the cost of spending so much time scaring yourself with worst case scenarios is actually missing out on something amazing. Last but not least, polarizing. When you polarize, simply ask this one simple question. Is that really true? Is it absolutely 100% true? For example, when you think, I am such a bad mom. That is usually enough to deflate the balloon filled with absolute because it never is. And then you open up room to find all the ways in which maybe you are an amazing mom. Now, aside from these four categories and ways to counteract them, there are additional ways to disarm negative self-talks. So I just want to share three more techniques that will also help massively. The first is to create some space between you and the chatter. And this also works wonders when you're ruminating, for example, something, even if it's something positive, right? You just 
get into your head too much. Create some distance between you and what's inside your brain. You can, for example, project it on a movie screen. Visualize what's going on inside your head on a movie screen and then visualize it moving away from you or you moving away from it or you can shrink it, right, reduce the sound. That may sound very weird, but there's so much research that shows that this really works and it makes a massive difference to your emotional reactivity. Another thing I love to do to create space is create a funny persona around the negative voice, which makes it less, I don't know, intense, right? I visualize my inner negative voice as a thin, anxious cat that is freaked out about everything, right? Whenever it starts to spout off on why I'm useless, we're all going to die, etc., etc., I just smile because I know that this is the only tune this poor cat can sing. I nod, maybe rub it under the chin a little, and then I get on with my life. Okay, technique number two is to practice self-compassion and loving kindness. Keep a picture of yourself as an adorable little child handy. And then whenever you say something very negative about yourself, look at that picture and ask yourself, would I say this to that beautiful little kid? That is usually enough to shut up all the negative talk. It may, by the way, also make you cry, but don't worry. That is just an overdue emotional release because you somehow forgot how to be loving and kind towards yourself for a while. And the last one, number three, is to lose the self, to neutralize yourself, to drop the I. And I've talked about this before because it's such a great technique to neutralize your language. Instead of, I missed the deadline on that report, say, the woman in the polka dot dress missed the deadline on that report. Or you know, whatever you happen to look like in the moment. Try it. Seriously, it makes a massive difference to the emotions generated. And it's the same with things like tiredness or exhaustion that we can identify with so much, right? If you say, I'm tired, you can say something like, woman experiences tiredness in her body. Just this gap, right? Sort of tearing away the word from the you, no longer identifying it with it, makes it much less powerful. It can actually take you from anguish and despair to a calm neutral. All right, that was a lot, but it's important. So to summarize, inner chatter is incredibly valuable when it's used for meaningful, meaningful storytelling around your past and future when it's actually used to build up and support your identity and self-confidence. But when it gets too negative, you have to change it. If you've practiced it for a long time, then you've probably become very good at it. So I want you to give yourself plenty of time to become aware of all the negative stuff you say to yourself first, and then take time, be kind, And practice the above tools and tips to start treating yourself with love and kindness. And important to remember, there's another tool you have. Because when something not at all fun happens, you can actually allow the emotions that come up. Be with the disappointment, the frustration, the fear. 
this is not the easiest thing to do. And sadly, we're not at all trained in this. I wish schools would teach kids this. But if you want help with this, check out episode 60, right? Because a lot of negative self-talk is a misguided way of dealing with negative emotions. If you simply allow them, be with them and process them, you'll massively reduce the urge to say mean things to yourself. All right. That was plenty, I think. And remember, this is detailed work. It takes a bit of dedication, but it is so worth doing. It is the road to self-appreciation, self-love, right? Self-confidence. It's much more effective than just standing in front of the mirror and saying, I'm amazing. I love myself, etc., etc. So give it a go. Listen to that inner chatter. And if it's negative, you now know what to do. And I just want to say a thank you again for listening. I have just checked the podcast stats and notice that there are now smart people listening to this podcast in 72 countries all over the world, which is so incredibly cool. So there is obviously a need for more info on how to manage a smart mind. So if you like the podcast, I would absolutely love it if you, one, give it a five-star review on your podcast app and to share it with a smart friend, colleague, loved one, other smart human. I will speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. smart human, probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.